You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Why wasn't I recording? Do that again, Trey. One, One, two, two. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood at Roto Librarian on Twitter. Joining me this evening from the home office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will Greenwood. What's up, Will? Ooh, yeah. I'm ready for tonight's show. Is that your macho man? That's pretty good. Yeah, cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. And from North Carolina, we got Trey Barrett. <laughs> My macho man sucks. Hey, Trey, what's going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. The <laughs> the best nice is taken from me nice to join you guys tonight talking a little uh you know rookies nobody Rookie. else out there is talking rookies right now only on the fantasy Jones <laughs> dynasty <laughs> you getting Exclusive. rookie talk <laughs> everybody else is talking free agents okay yeah we're going we're going crazy we're not going to get into free agency talk number one because we're recording on a wednesday night this will be released Sunday. Some wild things could happen, so we don't want this to be a completely useless podcast. We are going to get into the second round of our Superflex Rookie Mock Draft. Fantasy Joe's Superflex Rookie Mock Draft. It's round two. But before we do, let's recap round one. So we started this draft with some of our favorite people in Dynasty. And Karen from Top Dog Dynasty went first at Quarter Hacks on Twitter. She took DK Metcalf with a 101. Then Nikhil Harry went at the 102. Kyler Murray, 103. Hakeem Butler, 104. Trey took Josh Jacobs with the 105. At the 106, A.J. Brown, 107. David Montgomery, 108. Drew Locke, 109. Dwayne Haskins. The 110, Rodney Anderson. Noah Fant went at the 111. And at the 112, Miles Sanders. So we'll talk about the participants here, who, the people that joined us for this draft here as we go along. But we want to jump right into round two. If you missed our discussion on round one, we talked about it last week. Let's talk about the 201. Karen was back on the clock, and she took a guy that slipped kind of far, right, Will? Kelvin Harmon was the 201. He's oh, sorry, a- I was taking a nap, but I was actually just thinking about Kelvin Harmon. <laughs> I think Kelvin, so Kelvin Harmon, I think, is so good, but he's in that all-good club. Yeah, I just, I, I don't think people see greatness in him. They see really, really good, and that's why he's fallen to where he is in this draft. And I applaud Karen for this pick. This is a great pick. I love it. 201? Oof. Steal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice value. If you're in a super flex league and you have the 201 – and you're probably rebuilding your team, you, you get Kelvin Harmon, Trey. You feel pretty good about where he goes in this draft, right? Yeah, I think this is great value. Um, you know, he, he's a very talented guy. You know, I know he's falling down some draft boards, but I think at this point, you know, once the NFL draft happens, I think we'll know a lot more about where to kind of slot him in. But I think this is really pretty awesome value. Yeah, and he didn't have an amazing combine, you know, all things considered compared to some of the other uh, standout guys, but I don't think it was awful. I think he was, you know, show, he, he, he 
showed enough. So I think it's a great pick here at the 201. He had great college production. So I don't think there's much more to say about him. Maybe one of the steals of this draft. And when you get to the 202, you get to a name that's a little bit hotter. I think a guy that's starting to pick up some buzz. That's Andy Isabella, the UMass product. This was Peter Howard that took him with the 202, Andy Isabella. Um, guys, Andy Isabella is a guy that I'm very intrigued with. Uh, um, if you want to look at what he did at the Combine, well, first of all, he ran a 4.31. He ran the shuttle 4.15, which is outstanding. And, you know, he looks really good, the, the little bit of tape I've seen of him. He's, he's a, a guy that people like. I, I trust Peter's thoughts on wide receivers in particular, and he took him at the 202. That, that's good in my book. Uh, Will, do you think there's a chance that Andy Isabella could actually be drafted before uh, Calvin Harmon? He, he's getting some buzz. What, what, what are your thoughts on Andy Isabella? I think pretty easily with a good combine like that and the athleticism that he showed along with the massive college dominator number, he is the potential to be, I mean, I, would you be that shocked if he is drafted before Kellen Harmon in the, in the real NFL draft, much less fantasy drafts. So that's a, uh, I think Andy, he's just such a polarizing character when it comes to how you feel about small school standouts. And Will, you um, have a reputation on this show. Especially when we first started, we talked about Corey Davis and you were really down on these small school guys, but has your Welcome thinking changed a little bit? Yeah, no, it's still super high on Corey Davis. He's great. Really panned out. <laughs> so it's Leonard Fournette, my favorite player in that draft. He's really, <laughs> really other great choice. You're just winning dynasty championships with those guys. Uh, I, so I think he's fine, <laughs> which is, I don't have a really great take on Andy Isabella. Uh, I think his landing spot's going to be really crucial. And We'll see. I mean, he had really good – if you look at his, his game logs, at least in what he was doing, it's kind of tough to find the play-by-plays from those games. But, uh, you know, he did really well at Mississippi State his junior year and then really well against Georgia his senior year. So, I mean, we're talking like really, really, really well against those schools. So at least he's put up production against top schools when he had the opportunity. Um, I don't know. But, it, like, if Andy Isabella lands on, let's say, the, the Bills, are you interested? Or if he lands on the Jaguars, are you interested? Feelings of the Dolphins, are you interested? It's, it's, you know, if he lands on the Patriots, everybody's going to lose their minds. Well, Nick Foles in Jacksonville, hello. Um, I'll kind of decide. Trey, what, what do you think? Andy Isabel, any thoughts? No, I, I'm going to, I'll just echo what you guys have said. I think it's, you know, again, going to be a very interesting landing spot. It's going to be huge, I think, for some of these, you know, second, third, and fourth tier wide receivers and running backs. Um, so I, I'm, I'm in so excited for the NFL draft to see some landing spots. Uh, but I, I, I like the pick. So guys, we got three running backs in a row and I'm just going to kind of list them all at once. We can talk about them kind of as a group. So at the two or three, Jake Anderson took Daryl Henderson from university of Memphis. Then Damian Harris went at the two or four Travis may, uh, of course, Damian Harris went to Alabama and at Two oh five. We've got Mike Weber. Trey, you took Mike Weber with two oh five. So Daryl Henderson, Damian Harris, and Mike Weber. Three running backs in a row here, early second round. Trey, what do you think of these guys? You and I are in a startup draft right now. We drafted Daryl Henderson, and and basically you you kind of implored me. We're going to this team, Ryan. We got to take Daryl Henderson here. I really want him on our team. I'm gonna be sad if he goes before we pick. So talk about that. Why do you love him? Daryl Henderson's a guy. I, I don't know if anybody has watched. He, he had, you know, decent production, 1,900 yards rushing and 22 touchdowns in his last season at Memphis. Um, and, and I know that there's some talk about the fact that he had some, some ridiculous 
running lanes and some of the tape. But if you haven't, do yourself a favor and just go watch some film on uh, Daryl Henderson. It's incredible. Uh, you know, um, I saw where Matt Waldman, uh, there, there was this like minute long clip that he put out on Twitter about Daryl Henderson. And he said, if, if Reggie Bush, if, if Dr. Frankenstein got his hands on Reggie Bush and Dalvin Cook, that Daryl Henderson would be what comes out. And he it shows a clip of just really great contact balance, the ability to kind of absorb contact, some shiftiness, keeps his feet under him. Um, and, and so I, you, you cannot watch this guy's tape without coming away incredibly impressed. I was, I was completely sniped here. Actually, both of the picks before me, Daryl Henderson was the guy I was hoping fell to me. And then after he went, I thought, well, I could still take Damian Harris. <laughs> and so uh, Travis took Damian Harris right before me, and that's why I ended up settling for, for Weber. Whoa, giving away the future. Daryl Henderson, where's the suspense tray? We, we, we already gave away the future. I know. Will's, Will's napping again. <laughs> Sorry. You guys are right, so, on your Debbie draft again. My apologies. Uh, so Daryl Henderson has wide open gaps to run through and did that and performed admir- at like really, really well, like extremely well in college. What more do you want? Uh, I think he fell this far in this draft. And I'm, I'm actually looking back on it. I was low on Daryl Henderson because of that, uh, those gaps and him being at Memphis. And I was kind of unfair to him. And I've watched more of him and watched what he can do. And so he goes out there and he puts the, you know, 99th percentile yards per carry, which yards per carry is an indicative, in, in, <laughs> indicative of future success all the time. But, hey, if you're going to do it, might as well go big. If you can't, like, say this is a, a bad sign. He runs decently well at the combine, has, you know, has decent agility. Uh, his burst was lower, but he put up more on the bench press. So he's a strong little dude. He's 5'8", 208. So his BMI is still, you know, in the range that I would like to have as a running back. So uh, I, the fact that he felt, I, I would have taken him earlier. Uh, in fact, depending on where uh, Dwayne Haskins goes, cause I took him as the quarterback in the first round. I might, depending on the team, like I wouldn't mind taking Daryl Henderson over him at that point, you know, and, and not waiting. At least you get a, a, a guy who can boom very, very hard and has the size as far as build with BMI that can do it and could be more than just, a change of pace back in the NFL. I'm very excited to see where he goes and what he can do. And I'm coming around. I was low on him because I felt like he was the cool kid. <laughs> I wanted to be low on him a little bit. Uh, but after everything and, and doing more research, I'm, I'm pretty on Daryl Henderson. Henderson is like a top five running back in this class at the lowest. Yeah, I'm coming around on him too uh, a, a little bit. I, I don't know if I would have taken him before Damian Harris though. And he was taken at the 204. I, I think those guys are both really close for me, um, maybe a little bit of a letdown at the combine, but you know he's got he's got the pedigree. Um, you know he 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 looks good at Alabama. What do you think? Well, first you, what do, what do you think of uh, Damian Harris? Would you take in Henderson or Harris first year? I think at my honest, I would have gone Henderson, and then Harris. It's super close, but I think Henderson has more upside than Harris. Uh, I think Harris could be an early career Mark Ingram type of player, which is fine. But I don't think he's going to be the guy that has been an RB, you know, when Mark Ingram was an RB1 with him and Kamara. I don't think that's quite what Damon Harris' ceiling will be. I will be, again, interested to see where he lands. But uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm shooting for the stars here with this running back pick. And I would go Daryl Henderson just before Damon Harris. All right, fair enough. Trey, what about you? Which of these two guys would you take first? Ditto. Same, same for me. They're very close. 
but I think that Daryl Henderson has that kind of, you know, uh, explosion to his game. And I, I really do think that his upside is higher from a fantasy perspective, but it's, it's a, it's a small difference. I mean, I think Damian Harris, one of the things that, you know, kind of an underrated part of his game, you know, he caught almost 50 pa- actually over 50 passes um, in his four years. He was at Alabama, just a very consistent producer. You know, he never got, had more than 150 rushing attempts, but still had 2000 yard seasons. I mean, the guy averaged, I think seven yards a carry both as a, a sophomore and a junior at Alabama. So, you know, he, he doesn't come into the draft with the same like hype as some of the other Alabama running backs have in recent years, but he's just been a very consistent producer. I think he does everything well, very well-rounded. I think he's the kind of guy that if he lands in landing spots, going to probably be the tiebreaker ultimately. I mean, if, if Damian Harris lands in a better landing spot, um, then, uh, Daryl Henderson, then I'll definitely be willing to take Harris over Henderson. They're, they're right there kind of neck and neck, but I think both of these guys belong in the first round in all honesty, so um, Damian, even in a super Damian, flex. Okay. So Damian Harris lands on the Packers in the fourth round and Daryl Henderson lands in the doll at the dolphins at the early third round. Where are you going? Taking the guy that went earlier. Uh, although, Oh man, it's tough. Cause, cause it's not just draft capital. It's also franchise and I, and I guess Green Bay has shown recently like look at um the running backs have in their roster that um they can pick guys late uh, and and they can produce so um uh, Aaron Jones comes to mind for example so I don't know that's a good question uh, but I, I oh man I, I think yeah. I still go with Daryl Henderson I think some of these scenarios are going to be popping up in this draft because I feel like there's we're going to see a lot of se- like third and fourth round running backs that are going to be popular along with some seconds but yeah it's a and I think Damian Harris on the Packers, I think I would take him over Daryl Henderson on the Dolphins because gross. I don't think I would. I think, I, I think I'd rather have Daryl Henderson on the Dolphins because I think that he very clearly there becomes the best all-around running back on that. I mean, Kenyon Drake I still hold out some hope for. Um, but, you know, I think with a new regime, if, if a new, you know, this new regime in Miami were to spend that high of a draft pick on Daryl Henderson – I think it would be to come in and, and be a very strong competitor for the starting job. And that's a crowded backfield in green Bay. If, um, if you've got Aaron Jones there, Jamal Williams and Damian Harris. So I, I think that I would lean Daryl Henderson um, because we, we see situations turn around. I mean, we, we see situations change. And so can but I, I honestly can I, hope neither of those landing spots happen. Yeah. Can I change it up? So, Similar, same rounds. Henderson goes early. Harris goes second. Henderson goes to the Jaguars, and Harris goes to the Ravens. That I, I think that's tough. So it's the same same round, but then they they both they both flip spots. So third round. I'm sorry, I, I lost you for a second trip. No, so it's just so so uh, I believe Henderson's going to have the higher draft capital between these two. Is my maybe uh, maybe Damian Harris and his like his more all like I feel like like average three down back profile slash maybe higher end. It may, he may get closer to Daryl Henderson, but I feel like this, this could be a scenario where these guys are going to be backups wherever they go, or they're going to be the, they're not going to be the first guy. They're, these aren't going to be guys going to be bell cows drafted right away I, is my belief. So I just am trying to pose scenarios to think about when they're going into, and these are things that I, would, I think are valuable to think about before going into your rookie draft, where you actually think 
if this player lands the X spot, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to value this way. Because you also can get little advantages there. Like, hey, if the Ravens take a running back in the fourth round that I believe in, I'm going to bump them on my board. Yeah, I, I think you definitely have to look closely at situations. But there is a chance one of these guys could go into a situation where maybe they're not the bell cow, but they have a key role. For example, look at the Chicago Bears. I know it's my team. I'm going to talk about the Chicago Bears. If they get Damian Harris, if they draft Damian Harris, for example, um, I mean, even if they keep Jordan Howard, I'm very interested in picking up Damian Harris if he's drafted in the third round by the Chicago Bears because I think he is in line to really take, you know, over at least half of that backfield. Whereas with the Ravens, I don't know. It's a little murkier, isn't it? Because they just signed Mark Ingram. They still have, um, you know, Gus Edwards. They still have, um, why can't I think of his name? The, the guy that we've been hoping that's going to emerge for the past several years. And he showed a little bit last year. Kenneth Dixon. Kenneth Dixon, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I think of his name? So, I don't know. It belongs to Mark Ingram. Yeah, yeah. People so forget how good he is. Just how he used to belong to Mark Ingram before Alvin Kamara came along. <laughs> all right hey guys let's let's move along and we can we can keep talking about running backs because maybe mike yeah. weber's a guy that's taken at the 205 will that you throw into the situation do you do you think mike weber is also a guy that gets thrown into like that third fourth round of the nfl draft his so first his first 40 time that got posted on nfl.com while i was in the office and i sent you guys a message i was like mike weber he posted a 4.38 at that size that's incredible and then it, it, was, it was, I think, a 4.48. They, they took it back down. I forget that they, for some reason, while watching combine stats at work, I forget that nothing, you know, you have to wait until the official times come out. That's very important. Uh, I am actually very excited about Mike Weber and his, his backup role at Ohio State, but he still is very effective. I don't know. I think he's, he's another one that's going to be up there that I'd have a hard time deciding between him and some of these other guys. And landing spot is going to be huge. And Mike Weber, though, I think it'd easily be a late round first or late first round dynasty rookie draft pick, even in Superflex. Yeah, it's possible depending on where he goes, his landing spot. I mean, he looks he has a pretty solid profile. Trey, you you took Mike Weber, but it sounded like you were pretty disappointed that you lost out on Henderson and Harris. So you had to settle for Mike Weber. Yeah, but I like Mike Weber a lot. I think he, you know, showed very well at the combine. I think he helped himself. You know, I think people kind of lose track because of the fact that he um, lost some work to Dobbins there. Um, they were kind of a one-two punch. But um, one, he was a really high – like I think he was a top ten running back recruit when he went to Ohio State. Um, and, and two, he just consistently produced there. Um, and I remember a few of the Ohio State games that I watched, I remember thinking that Mike Weber looked very impressive. Um, and, and I think that one of the things he doesn't get credit for is his ability to catch the ball. And he did really, really well in that area at the combine. So I think he has the potential to be a three down back. Um, you know, I, I would love to see, you know, there, there's a team uh, that plays in the NFC South that uh, has one Devonta Freeman and uh, you know, not really a, I think could, could use a backup. So I, I could see a guy like Mike Weber ending up in Atlanta um, and maybe getting some playing time earlier rather than later, because as, as we all know, Devonta Freeman is, uh, I think, uh, pretty much incapable of playing 16 games. Um, and, and there's a pretty, pretty decent out out of his contract um, after this upcoming season. So I think we might see a, a changing of the guard at the running back position in Atlanta. And so some, some nice landing spots for these guys still to be had. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about Mike Weber if he's falling down draft boards. So I really like this picture. Ed. Let's move on to the two Oh six Paul Perkeese. 
He took Hollywood Brown here, Marquise Brown at the 206. And I think his reasoning was, okay, he didn't show up at the combine. Yes, he's only 5'10", 170, soaking wet. But there are some NFL teams that like him and come draft time, his stock will rise. He's going to be drafted maybe day two. I think, I think that's what Paul thinks. You've heard some buzz. Maybe he's a, a first-round wide receiver. But I know there are some questions with his health. I mean, obviously, question with the size. He's kind of an interesting guy. He was a really good college player, but um, you know, is this is this a guy you want to take here in the middle of the second round, or is, does the size scare you guys? Because it seems like people are really down on Brown in general, on Hollywood Brown. So, Trey, what do you think? What do you think of this pick? So, uh, you know, I I don't, and I don't have all of his stats right in front of me. I'm, I'm pulling them up as I'm talking, but I don't think he did have a lot of college production, right? Or oh, so, okay. So sophomore and junior year, only two years of production, put up uh, almost 1,100 yards his sophomore year and then 1,300 yards his junior year. You know, he, he's a guy that's kind of hard to figure out. I, I think, you know, man, I, I'm a broken record when it comes to the landing spot deal, but you know, there's, you know, once you get into the second round, like you're, you're just not going to have guys like a uh, Saquon Barkley or a Josh Jacobs that I think, you know, are set up to succeed kind of wherever they land. So, um, you know, the size is a concern, but I mean, you know, I think that the day and age of, uh, of the NFL and, you know, quarterbacks being too short and different players at different positions, hands being too small and, wide receivers being too small that we you know, we're kind of evolving out of that realm. So I, I don't hold that against him as, as much, but I, I do think that um, he's a very interesting prospect. I think he's going to be very divisive. I think he's going to have a pretty wide range uh, across your leagues. You're going to see him go sometimes I think maybe late first round. And I think in other leagues, he might go in, in the third round, d- depending on where he lands in the draft capital. Yeah. Well, I made a mistake when I mentioned Hollywood Brown. I, I read his measurements, I think maybe off the Oklahoma Sooners website. At the Combine, he measured under 5'10". So he's like 5'9 and a third, 166 pounds is what I've got for him, Will. So oof. What, do you, what do you think, Will? Do, do you like him middle of the second round? I, I mean, I respect Paul greatly. And there's nobody that has put more time into analyzing these prospects uh, more than Paul Pertichese. But um you know if you look look at the profile of a guy his size the guys that small just generally don't you know produce or or they're not maybe viable fantasy producers in the nfl so will what say you well he didn't start off his career at oklahoma either he's kind of kind of a journeyman college career but his so his way in at the combine actually doesn't bother me that much because he got hurt with that and had to have that liz frank surgery so dude has not been like crushing weights and working out and these guys who are elite athletes when they start to lose muscle, they lose weight pretty quickly. Like it, it, if he played at 180 pounds, I wouldn't be shocked. If he lost 14 pounds but not been able to do his regular workout with his legs and everything else. So I'm not overly concerned about that weight uh, coming in. I mean, the fact that he weighed in is odd, is odd to me because it's a horrible idea to come in at 166 pounds. But maybe an NFL team will feel differently. So, I, I mean, Kurtikizzi has him pretty high up on his board. So I think so. We're talking mid second round pick here, or maybe like yeah. Why not? This his upside is immense. Hollywood Brown could totally be a fringe wide receiver one type of player in the NFL, wide receiver two, or just kind of a boot. He could be a Deshaun Jackson type of guy too, and that would be easily worth 
a second round rookie pick when they're coming out of college. Yeah. And he's a guy kind of like Will Fuller when he came into the league early, you know, where he flashed big time his first couple of games where even if you don't believe in him to spend a middle second round pick on him, if he comes out and he flashes early, maybe you decide, okay, I'm going to flip him. And you, and you pr- could pretty easily if he, if he did that. I, I know that's real narrative street there, but. Um, so Ryan, India, India, Isabella or Marquise Brown for you? Isabella, pretty easy for me. I assume Trey's the same. Yeah. I think that's a, one guy because Isabella, Isabella has risen so high and Marquise Brown has fallen so far. That's kind of an interesting flip flop, like in the, in the general consensus of things. For sure. And that could be totally off. And Isabella could be, uh, yeah, he's intriguing, but he's, there's no guarantees with him. No guarantees with any of these guys in the second round, right? Um, including the next pick, the 207, Emmanuel Hall. Um, Emmanuel Hall, the Mizzou wide receiver. Uh, Jared Wackerly took Emmanuel Hall. Uh, I don't really know a lot about him. I didn't really know much about him until the, the combine. So do either of you guys have any any thoughts on him? I mean, obviously he had a good combine. He ran a 4.39, 40 time. Um, good vertical, good really good vertical, really good broad jump. Uh, vertical, 43.5, um, broad, 141. So what do you guys think of Emmanuel Hall? 21 years old, so. <laughs> I struggle. With, with my Emmanuel Hall opinion, uh, I would not have taken him. I would, I would take a guy like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over him. You know, I would take I would take quite a few players over Emmanuel Hall. Although I like him. And there just would be like, yeah, there would just be more people. I, I would take Debo Samuel over Emmanuel Hall. And he didn't even get drafted in this rookie draft. So. Yeah, he just about did. I had the last pick. I almost picked Debo, and I'll talk about why I didn't here soon. Trey, any, any thoughts about Emmanuel Hall? No, not really. I think it's, you know, it's probably kind of an upside pick because of the athleticism. I mean, he does have some elite traits as far as the athleticism. Definitely, you know, not not a ton of, of college production. I think he had 800 yards receiving his, each of his last two years in, in college. Um, he, he was a four-year um, producer, but, you know, total of 97 catches, right? So um, just, just not a lot of production. Some, certainly some question marks. Um, I, I think just banking on the athleticism a little bit here. Yeah. Also, there was the uh, where oh god darn it! I wish I could remember where it was said, but the uh, NFL uh, whatever team asked him to draw his favorite route, and he just drew uh, drew a nine route on the the whiteboard. That was his favorite. So when your favorite's the nine route, uh, the NFL is going to be really hard on you. It's a good route. I mean. Come on. It's great for fantasy. <laughs> like Madden. Madden. It's the Madden best the route. I mean, so what's – what? come on. What, what's the NFL problem? Blitz? You what's know, your problem, NFL? There. He, lo- he loved to bomb. It was weird. <laughs> All right. So, guys, kind of a – I would say a, a big faller because um, part of the combine – well, I guess he's always been polarizing, but Benny Snell is a guy that went at the 208 here. James Catullus took Benny at the 209 people were really high on him and it seems like some people have really faded on him. He did not have a great combine at all, but he had a great career in the sec with Kentucky. So Trey, what do you think? You saw a lot of him and I think you think, think he was a good collegiate running back, but, but I mean, maybe a good bet here late in the second, take a running back. You, you like this pick by James? No, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Benny Snell. I, I mean, he did look very good. I mean, you know, uh, very, very punishing, 
um, the way that, but that, but that offense was kind of a, a run first offense, you know, play good defense. Um, I, I don't know that Benny Snell has a very promising, um, you know, the, the biggest question mark about him, obviously the production's there, but the big question I think going into the combine was kind of like, you know, what, what's he going to do? Does he have the athleticism? And, um, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't positively answer any of those questions. All, everything um, that we saw at the combine was, was not helpful for him. So it, he, he's a very interesting guy, very hard to figure out. I think, you know, the draft is going to play a major role in whether or not he even gets drafted. This is a guy that could, could, you know, go in the fifth round of your uh, rookie drafts, depending on, where he gets drafted or, or if he gets drafted and, you know, what kind of draft capital is spent on him. So he's not a, not a guy I'm real high on. Yeah. Will you, you have any thoughts on Benny Snell before we move on? Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised that you're not higher on him. I'm a huge fan of Benny Snell minus his, you know, his, his combine numbers, but his college performance and dominator and what he did at Kentucky to me is shows that's what you want in a pro running back. And yeah, he tested slower in the 40. He didn't jump as high or anything like that, but his game speed and play speed is faster than that. And I, I honestly think that Benny Snell is going to be a steal in drafts. And if he, at the 208, you know, of course, like, of course, landing spot matters. You know, if he lands on the Browns, nobody's really excited about Benny Snell. <laughs> like, it's because you're behind so much. But uh, I, yeah, I think he's, he's, I don't know, he has the, the weight and size and college production that I think you can discount a little bit of the way he tested at the combine. Uh, just maybe because he didn't prepare the same way as other people to run as fast as 40. He ran a 4.66. That's not too bad. That's not outside of the realm of somebody who could be good. So I actually, I'm pretty high on Benny Snell coming into this. Yeah, I mean, you would have wished he would have ran a faster 40 time, but he's two, 224 pounds, weight adjusted speed score, 95, which he'd like to reach the 100 mark, but not horrible, not a deal breaker. Three cones, 7.07. That's a good three cone. So he's, he's an interesting guy. It'll be really interesting to see where he goes in the NFL draft. And so many touchdowns and yards at Kentucky. And Kentucky's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're up and coming in the SEC East. Come on. They're, uh, but they'll just get pushed back down. Oh, poor Kentucky fans. Come on. I actually can't feel too sorry for them because they have Kentucky basketball. So yeah. never mind. But being mid-level SEC teams is tough. Like the cream – rises to the top <laughs> that's the name of this episode by the way <laughs> <laughs> round two the cream rises to the top okay guys i'm gonna take the last we're starting to run a little bit tight on time so i'm gonna take the last four picks and we'll talk about that i think these are all really intriguing guys but we'll take them all together so at the 209 will you took hawk tj hawkinson which i think is a great value here um at the uh, mm. 210, uh, Kyle Richardson took Justice Hill, mm. who I think was a combine winner. Uh, Tim Torch took Alex Barnes at the uh, 211, who, who is a guy that's rising, and I'm intrigued by him. I, I know Trey, as we'll talk about him later. And then I took Will Greer. I almost took Debo Samuels here, but I took Will Greer because this is a super flex league. And I thought, you know, at the end of the second round, Will Greer is worth a shot here. Um, and obviously the NFL draft would completely change this idea of picking him. Uh, but I think there's a chance he could have, you know, be, be drafted maybe in the late first round. I, maybe that's a, that's a, that's a wish, wishful thinking on my part, but anyway, so Hawk, Justice Hill, Alex Barnes, Will Greer, the end of the second round of our Superflex rookie mock draft. Guys, what do you think? Um, I, I, I think that 
first of all, Hawk is a great pick. Will, do you want, do you want to say anything to, were you surprised he was here? Got to stay on the brand too. But yes, a little bit. I think tight end drafting his rookies is so tough, but this is a pretty safe area to do it. And even though Hawk, he might not be, you know, he might be put in for, depending on what team he goes on, might be more of a blocker than a pass catcher in his first year. I think his skill set is, is there where I'm excited about it. If he can be an advantage of the tight end spot, I'm very, very excited. And here at, uh, you know, pick 21 overall in our rookie draft, I'm, that's, it's easy for me. So you're not worried that maybe he's going to be a better NFL tight end than a fantasy tight end. Cause that's the, that's really the only knock on him, right? He had a great combine and the only thing you really hear negative about him is like, well, he's going to be good in the NFL, but I don't know about for fantasy. Yeah. I think he's a better pass catcher route runner and offensive piece than what people give him credit for. But I, I mean, I can't, it's hard to say that I'm not biased, but he, he was the best offensive weapon on Iowa this year by far. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think where you got him, what you paid for him, it's just great. Trey, thoughts about Hawk or these next couple picks? Uh, Justice pants, Hill. came off at that pick for what it's worth. <laughs> Fortunately, this was on Twitter. We couldn't see well, so we were happy about that. Trey, what, what, what say you about Hawk or any of these other picks? Yeah, I thought Hawk was a good pick. Um, uh, like you said, it's a value getting him this late. Um, the pick I like the best is Alex Barnes' pick, and, and this is a guy that <clears> – <throat> we've kind of talked off the air about Alex Barnes and, you know, he's, he's a guy that was first kind of brought to, to our attention. I believe all of our attention when we were having a discussion with Jordan McNamara and actually recorded a show with Jordan McNamara back. Um, I guess it was a month ago, talking a little bit about his book, the analytics of dynasty. And, you know, he had tweeted out a few days earlier that he had found his, you know, running back crush of this year. And so we asked who it was and it was Alex Barnes. I'd never even heard the guy's name prior to that, but he um, really killed the combine. And I think is probably, you know, in a position to potentially go day two, day three in the NFL draft. And I mean, I, I think that, he is a guy that is going to be really fun to watch and, and kind of see how he pans out. Just very good all-around game. Um, does it well, runs inside, runs outside, catches the ball. He's smooth. He's patient. Like, great, great game. Um, to be able to get that kind of opportunity and upside at the end of the second round, I think, is, is really nice. Uh, really nice value. Yeah, I would encourage all of our listeners to go to YouTube and look for Matt Waldman, RSP. He did a Boiler Room video breaking it's like 10 15 minutes breaking down Barnes and he, he just he has great vision uh just uh, he, he's he's really good I mean great hands he's a, he's a great <laughs> pass catcher um you look at his combine I mean 6.95 three cone 410 shuttle hand size 10 inches I, I mean exciting player he, he's it's hard not to get excited about him but we'll see where he goes. We'll see what draft capital says about Alex Barnes. Any other thoughts about these other guys? We got Justice Hill, who who crushed it at the combine, had a great combine, um, and of course Will Greer. Like I said, I, I probably in hindsight I would take Debo Samuel's uh, <laughs> there. Um, other thoughts? You guys want to talk about Justice Hill or, or or Will Greer at all before we close the show? We only have a few minutes left. Well, Trey's like, no. <laughs> so, well, it's fine. I think there's a great place to take him. I, I think it's just very like, that's an appropriate spot. There's just no, not like excited or lower on Justice Hill at that point in time. Uh, Alex Barnes, I think that with the timing of this draft too, affected it a little bit because I feel like the second round came around 
as we were doing this and Alex Barn was kind of gaining his traction, uh, my running back darling, which everybody should pay attention to because last year it was Ryan Null and he's really panned out. Uh, but this year it's Quadriolison. I just want to get that out there in this episode. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah, just to sell, I, I, you know, I just want to say uh, four, four, 40, 40 inch vertical. Um, he, he's interesting. He's, he's definitely a guy that if I can get him late in the second, depending on landing spot, of course, that's our caveat with all these picks. I, I, I think that's a great pick. So guys, I think we should close the show there. We, we ran through the second round of the Superflex rookie mock draft. And um, what are you guys excited about? Any, any closing thoughts about this draft? We're, we, we're less than a minute to go. So, Trey, you first. Closing thoughts. I think it's going to be very interesting to look back after the NFL draft and kind of see where things settle out. There's going to certainly be some risers and fallers. Um, but I, uh, I think that it was a really great opportunity just to kind of evaluate some of our favorite rookies and, um, you, you know, where, where we've talked a little bit about where we'd like to see them land. So, Gonna be fun, fun to watch all of this kind of and how it pans out. Will Greenwood, final thoughts. Quadri Olson. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it was a super fun practice, and we missed Debo Samuel and JJ Osega Whiteside, but they could both be fantasy viable NFL wide receivers. Another two names. Yeah, and for me, I just want to say I really think the top of the second round, those running backs that went are pretty interesting to me. Daryl Henderson, Damian Harris, Mike Weber. Pay attention to those running backs, really analyze the situation, and consider that carefully when you draft those guys. So we're the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter, at FFJoes. You can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasyjoes. Get exclusive episodes only for our Patreon supporters right there at patreon.com slash fantasyjoes. On behalf of Will Greenwood and Trey Barrett, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Oh, yeah! Every Patreon subscriber will be privy to Ryan Livergood's cell phone number. I'm going to tell each and every one of you, subscribe to Fantasy Joes at patreon.com slash fantasyjoes and get a special episode each and every week. Almost. Oh, yeah! That was a good one at the end. He's water. The macho man Randy Savage is not a happy, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. Yeah. I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to yeah. you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! I'm on my way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better.